Welcome to the HTB Discipleship Podcast. I'm David Cornish, a Connect Group Pastor here at HTB. Joining us for this episode is Susie King, a Connect Group Pastor, Andy Waldridge, Head of Prayer at HTB, and Louise Powell from the HTB Discipleship Team. This episode will see us delve into the subject of prayer, starting with a conversation between Susie and Andy. Over to you guys. Great. Well, we have been chatting, haven't we, Susie, about prayer quite a bit at the moment. We have, Andy. And almost dreaming about the prayer life of HTB, as well as talking about what's kind of helped for us. And um, I suppose there's been two ideas that have mostly come up in our conversation, and these are the ideas of intimacy and intercession. So just this whole invitation to know God as our Father and how... uh, and what an invitation that is, to know it in a place of being known and being loved and uh, and being drawn close to him, not to settle for kind of this distant, superficial relationship, um, but for something far more beautiful. Um, and then how we're not meant to remain in that place alone, but it's meant to propel us out in intercession and uh, this whole idea that actually the work God is doing in us, he actually wants to do through us as well. And that standing on behalf of others in prayer and in action uh, is this this work of intercession. And, and they both come from the, the Lord's Prayer in lots of ways. So the, the prayer, our Father, and then this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is as an act of, of intercession. Um, Susie, you are one of the most passionate people I know about, <laughs> uh, well, just in life generally, to be honest, let's be honest. Uh, if you've not met Susie King, then you're about to. Uh, and But especially about just the, the intimacy with God, this this knowledge yeah. of God as your, your father. Talk, mm. talk to me a bit about that. And why does it stir your heart so much to know God as father? I, I think, yeah, I've always been hugely fascinated by this idea that Jesus made it possible for us to know God with the same closeness and affection and intimacy and vulnerability is what he mm. knew in his relationship with God. And I think my experience has been of God as one who longs for us to know him by direct experience. And I think that is probably one of, for me, the most exciting things about the Christian faith. I think that word intimacy, like if you've been a part of church circles for some time, that has a whole stack of different connotations to it. And even I think as well, um, just generally in life, some people can be quite uncomfortable with the idea of intimacy with a divine, transcendent, seemingly unknowable being. And so I think this idea of recognizing how vulnerable God makes himself to us Mm. is a beautiful thing. And that truthfully, our greatest, um, I think, transformation comes from having some understanding of the mind of Christ and knowing God as Father. So I think for me, it's just been the most exciting part of my walk with Jesus is learning to relate to God in the same way that Jesus does and learning to find ways in which God shows himself to be intimately connected with the intricacies of my life. Mm. Um, and it sounds very mystical, but but I think that, that it is. It's a mystery. Mm. It's a mystery. It's not something that you can easily explain or give a formula for or give um, any sense of pipeline into. But I do think there are steps that you can take that allow for a greater 
facilitation of intimacy mm. in day-to-day life. And that's that's a big deal, isn't it, in the faith? Because we, we often want to get all of our ducks in a line. Yeah. We often want to have this sense of control. And, and if I do this, then God's going to do that. Yeah. And and actually almost treat God and treat prayer a little bit like yes. this kind of this divine slot machine. Yeah. That if I kind of put my money in, if I press the buttons, then I'm going to get like the vending chocolate out of the machine that I, that I want to do. And, and just prayer and intimacy just isn't that formula. Really. Absolutely. I remember a while back we we were chatting and um, I guess I was trying to figure out some kind of like pithy phrase and and vision for kind of an Mm. idea of of prayer and this kind of community we were exploring. And I talked about this whole idea of passionately pursuing God. And and I remember you brilliantly kind of pushed back a little to me and you said that the only thing you need to be aware of, Andy, is is that we don't first passionately pursue God. He first passionately pursues Mm. us, Um, which I just thought was a a beautiful idea. Just explain a bit more about that kind of part. Oh, how long have you got? I think, um, you know, I, I always think to myself when, when we're given that invitation by Jesus to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, all of our mind and all of our strength, sometimes that can trigger in us a sense of performance. But one of the things that I've learned is, well, actually, if, if that is how I'm invited to love God, then surely God loves me in that same way with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, with all of his strength. And and I think there's a brilliant phrase by someone who um, I read a lot of, Graham Cook, and he says, you know, it takes God to love God, that, that God pours his love into our hearts. Mm. And it's out of the overflow of that love, of the love of God poured in into my heart that I'm able to then respond to God mm. with the same love. So we love because he first yeah. does. I think I think the goal of prayer, as you were saying, it's not it's not to get something. Yes, Jesus does say, ask and you shall receive. But I think if that is our goal of prayer, we're having a poor experience of mm. prayer. Yeah. The goal of prayer really is to come into a deeper understanding of who God is. And if he is everlasting and infinite and eternal, then there's always more to know. Mm. So there's always more to delight in and there's always more to have a revelation of the beauty and the wonder and the majesty and the purity and the goodness of who God is. And I think intimacy with God is the relentless pursuit of knowing more. Mm. What are some ways that you have nurtured intimacy in your day-to-day life? Um, so I definitely grew up in in church where I was just told, read your Bible and pray and you'll develop a relationship with God, which uh, sounds beautifully simple, doesn't it? Um, mm. But I found at times I just was didn't really cultivate that sense of intimacy that I, I longed for just to, to kind of to go about that. And I remember having a, a wise mentor just lead me in some different, I suppose, disciplines in some mm. ways, spiritual disciplines, but just kind of practices to, to help uh, just create rhythms and patterns in my life. So so one of them was to look at the Bible from a really prayerful point of view. Uh, so to, to place myself into those stories in the Gospels, to, to read the Psalms as if they were my prayers and to, to place it as, as me talking directly to God. Uh, I've found that I've never ran out of of words to pray when I open up the Bible yeah. and I actually pray the Bible and I put myself in in those kind of words. So um, that's been a, a, a big practice that I've I've done for years now. And just to and I think there's something powerful about scriptures, words mm. as well, and understanding this isn't just a textbook, but these words have life in them. So when we engage our prayer lives and when we engage God and engage the world through these words, then, then something dynamic spiritually kind of takes place mm. as well. Um, and I think another big one for me has just been a practice of, of silence. 
I'm definitely an extrovert. Uh, I love being around people. I get a lot of energy from people, definitely so. Um, but I think it was Mother Teresa uh, that described God as a friend of silence. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, if God's a friend of silence, I want to be a friend of silence mm. as well. And um, and just trying to find those spaces, like in our 24-7 prayer room and, and just throughout my, my day, even just those kind of two or three minutes or longer periods when I can, just to be still, uh, to, to try to still my mind, just to, to focus on one aspect, maybe a characteristic of who God is, mm. uh, and just to actually dwell in a place of silence and, and allow God to, to kind of speak through to me through that. I've really sensed a pre- sense of the presence of God in that moment. Mm. Um, how about you, Susie? For me, I'm hugely verbal, and so sometimes I don't really know. I get quite overwhelmed with my thoughts, and so I think sometimes journaling has Mm. been a real practice for me in terms of writing down a question and then writing everything that I feel the Lord saying in response to that. Mm. Um, and I can I can look back in seasons in my life and, and align them with pages in my journal, and there are things now that I live in the wisdom of that I know God spoke to me in secret, Mm. but because I took the time to write it down and I was able to recognize it and then check it, like you said, against the word, against the wisdom of people who um, are much more mature in faith than me to be able to say, oh, this is, this is where God spoke to me. Then I have a record of this moment and I'm able to revisit it when I'm feeling anxious or insecure, or I'm doubting the word of God that was spoken to me. So I think journaling has been hugely helpful. I think that, that intentionality is, is so key. And I think whenever we talk about intimacy, um, in life, we recognize that intimacy always requires vulnerability, yeah. but vulnerability always requires intentionality yeah. because we just, it's almost like we've built up so many walls in our lives generally in life to defend ourselves mm. that we have to be intentional to create this sense of vulnerability yeah. uh, in order for intimacy to be formed uh, with people and particularly with, with God. So I think whether it's that, that kind of act, that intentional act of journaling or, or finding mm. stillness, um, which again, we learn from, uh, uh, the old monastic movements and, and so many of these kind of like the desert fathers, just yeah. this, these rhythms and these patterns of life where, where and they call them a rule of life, not a rule as in like, a okay, this is something for me to break or something, but actually a, a sense of this is a pattern I'm creating in order to deliberately form and direct my life towards Christ-likeness. Yes. It's kind of this acknowledgement that this isn't going to happen by accident. And, and actually because of the culture of the world, if anything, we naturally veer away from that. But because we're disciples, because we're choosing, Choosing to grow in our relationship with with God, choosing to grow in our Christ likeness by the grace of the Spirit, um, we're going to pattern our lives in a direction towards Christ likeness. Mm. So, so those those habits, those rhythms of prayer and and engaging with the Scriptures and, and fasting and contemplation and these spiritual disciplines. And um, I love uh, how. Uh, foster and and different people write on spiritual disciplines and they talk about some being this discipline of abstinence Mm. where we deliberately step away from things that can distract us from christ Uh, so that would be things like fasting where we can actually we can find ourselves being reliant on food and the comfort that food brings us and actually it's quite exposed it exposes what's going on in us when we we abstain from food sometimes um to push us towards reliance on christ but then the 
the disciplines of engagement as well mm. and things like engaging in worship and, and seeing that as a discipline in my life that even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to worship, I'm going to fully engage in the discipline of, of celebration because when I celebrate all of God's goodness in creation and, and in people's lives, actually it pushes me towards Christ. Mm. Um, those kind of rhythms of intentionality just, just help us create intimacy mm. all the time. I think you use a great word there, Andy, of patterns. And I think that's an important thing to think about in intimacy in the same way that if I want to develop intimacy in a human relationship, the consistency of my interaction and, and the greater depth within those interactions allows for intimacy to mm. be created. And so I think we need to we need to just be aware that actually to cultivate intimacy requires a consistent practice of intention. And there may be some days where you sit in silence and you really suck at it and you get super distracted and you don't feel like you've really met with God. And I don't, I think my tendency would be, oh, I haven't had an immediate result. So is it therefore worthwhile? (laughs) But there's something about that, like pressing through and saying, if I make this a daily practice, a daily pattern in my life, and I order my life around this, that actually that's where the fruit comes from. It's from consistency and allowing every interaction of prayer to lead me into greater depth in the same way I would with my friends. So, So good. Um, so some ideas about intimacy, but um, I suppose we've been really keen and we're really keen in this season as a church to to make sure there's a sense of momentum and movement in our prayer lives. And I think often people struggle in prayer because they become stagnant and stagnant water is simply a, a water that, that hasn't got movement to mm. it. And, and that can be a dangerous kind of place to be in lots of respects. So this, this whole journey from intimacy and then propelled out into intercession and, and standing on behalf of... Intercession seems like a kind of scary word. Yeah, it does. a bit about that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't... I always think of intercession as like being in an awful room with like really stale coffee and like <laughs> sitting in uncomfortable chairs with a group of people but actually and staying up the whole night as well like, yeah. I feel like intercessors are these people who don't need to sleep and they're they also just... really unhappy you know they're like burdened constantly with the world um but I think I think intercession is is part of our I mean I think it's um Henri Nouwen, who says that we become more like Jesus in our intercession. I'm paraphrasing him, but basically we're, we're entering into the mystery of Jesus's divine intercession when we do this, when we pray on behalf of others, mm. we're entering into the very practice of Jesus because Jesus came for others. Mm. And so I think at its simplest, prayer really is, intercessory prayer is standing on behalf of another in yeah. prayer. And that, that is a costly thing to do. And Absolutely. I think that's why people sometimes fear it because of the cost associated with my time, with my attention, with me having to actually like take the focus off myself. Well, there's very few truly selfless things that we do yeah. in the world nowadays. So even so much of our love is directed towards people that love us back. Yeah. So much of our generosity is directed towards people who are generous back to us. That intercession is, is one of those things where you're you're praying for somebody to be blessed, for God to move in their lives, and they're probably never going to know about it. Like, you're never going to see any direct return. There's no often thanksgiving to you for it. And yet, when we engage in this selfless act, we we are becoming more like Christ because it's it's a a part of who he is and it's it's shaping part of who we are because Mm. of that. And I think as well, one of the things I value about intercession is, and is similar to what you were saying before around engagement, that that there's actually something where we have to engage with our world. I think that we're actually 
uh, taking what we know to be the promise of God for the redemption of the world, but also recognizing where in our world we've not yet seen the fullness of that redemption, where we're still um, uh, still waiting for the unveiling of the kingdom of God in certain places. And so I think I think intercession is really that prayer that that we've spoken about, and it's it's. Let your kingdom come. Let the perfect rule and reign of God, his his blueprint for the flourishing of creation, let that be made a reality. Mm. And and I think there is, you know, I, I often say that there's something quite bold about that because I think the narrative that we would often see is, well, everything's just getting worse. But intercession is saying, I entirely disagree with that and I resist that narrative. I resist the narrative that it's just getting worse and I'm going to make a declaration and a decree in opposition to that, which is, you know, the kingdom of God has come, it will come and it's coming mm, yeah. <laughs> and it's available. Um, but it, yeah, I think it's something that requires in the same way practices of stillness and secret and contemplation and intimacy require intention. I think intercession requires perhaps even more. No, absolutely. I know for literally for years, I really struggled with the idea of intercession. I think a big part of it for me was, does this actually make a difference mm. on a bigger scale? And especially kind of, I suppose I was more comfortable with praying for my friends, but praying about these bigger issues in, in across our city, across our nation, across the world. Does, does it make any difference? And um, I suppose a, a breakthrough moment for me was just understanding the power of this prayer. You, you've, you've mentioned praying your kingdom come. Mm. And the idea that God, Jesus doesn't lead us to pray this prayer to waste our time. Yeah. He's not saying, okay, pray this prayer, but it's not going to make any difference. You're just going to have that kind of this little, like, hopefully you'll feel like you're a part of something, but you're not really. No, when, when Jesus says, pray your kingdom come, it's, it's to shift something in the spiritual and the material world. Like something's supposed to, something is going to dynamically change because we pray that prayer even mm. when we don't see it. And I suppose some of the intentionality is to engage in it, in faith in yes. this kind of act that says, okay, God, I, I am out of control in this. And I don't understand why you would choose to to transform society in this kind of way. Yeah. And yet you choose to partner with us. You invite us into this partnership with you. And, and as we intercede, you intervene. There's just this kind of divine practice that's put mm. in place that as we pray, the hand of God is moved, yeah. which still blows my mind today. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are some, what are some things that you've learned around maintaining a sense of passion in intercession? Mm. Um, I don't think it requires passion necessarily to just do. Sometimes we, we make sure. the choice irrespective of our feeling. But what are some ways in which you've maintained a sense of passion in yeah. intercession? I think for me personally, I, I most come alive in intercession when I'm praying with others. Mm. Uh, so I think to, to have a, a community of people so I, in our connect group, uh, that's a great way to just to to push into what people are struggling with, to push into these bigger issues in the city and just to, to say, actually, this isn't an isolated experience. Yeah. And um, so I love praying with with people. And, and as they pray out loud, being able to kind of echo these prayers and agree with those prayers. And I'm quite a vocal agreeer in prayer. I'm not kind of one of these who silently kind of like... <laughs> the other one is like, amen. Yeah, no, I amen, am. Yeah, hallelujah, come on. Come on. <laughs> I get a bit Pentecostal. Um, but there's just this sense of actually like joining together when two or three are gathered. There's, this, there's a real sense of power in this so certainly for me that that stirs a bit of a a bit of a passion praying with with others mm. um 
How about you? What's the, what's the freshness for you? How do you engage in different ways? So I think at the moment, one of the things I'm, I'm doing, because I'm not great with intercession, because I am easily distracted um, and, I, and I'm busy. And so I think one of the things is, is I'm really going after this because I think it's necessary for me to do in my life. One thing I've been doing is um, looking at the prayers of others. So written down prayers from, you know, hundreds of years before me. Um, that people have prayed in intercession and, and kind of taking those words and contemplating why they've chosen certain words because they're crafted prayers. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I've not been raised in the Church of England, but I have started to look at the Book of Common Prayer and some of the intercessory prayers in that book and, and to look closely at that and to join in with the prayers of others that have been prayed consistently well before my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that has in, invigorated my prayer life. Life when it comes to intercession and allowed me to find new phrases that I've probably not prayed mm. before and and to pray the Bible when it comes to Absolutely. intercession as well, to, to look at, at where the prophets have commanded us to pray certain things in certain ways throughout um, the Old Testament and even what Jesus prayed. Absolutely. Um, so I think we one of the beautiful things about a lot of these prayers in, like, in the Book of Common Prayer and things like this, they're so soaked in Scripture yes. and that it's not always really explicit, but you can just see the patterns and the heart of Scripture running through them I one of my most prayed prayers is is for for three of my friends who don't yet know Jesus and and I pray Jesus open their eyes so that they would see that you're the way you're wow. the way to freedom you're the the way to life Jesus open their ears to hear that you are the truth and and open their hearts to receive your life because Jesus you're the way the truth and the life and mm. just praying this idea of scripture and who Jesus is into their being and again I think there's there's so much intercessory ideas of and if we believe that intercession is praying like heaven to earth, mm. actually we can find so much of the, the culture and the value of heaven in Jesus and in the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness of the spirit. We pray those things into being in people's lives mm. and, and we believe that our prayers are so much more powerful because we're taking the words of scripture That's to good. use them. That's good. Another thing I think about with um, with intercession is I'm, I'm also not fantastic sitting still, but I love how we've set up our 24 seven prayer room to have spaces. And I guess the intercession, uh, part of the room mm. <laughs> where you're able to draw and write and paint, um, and, and do some more like practical kind of kinesthetic stuff yeah. that allows your prayer to be embodied and using your full body as well. And I think that can allow for some freshness as well in intercession. Absolutely. And there's definitely a dynamic of, of personality in there, which, uh, which is great to push into. So if you are a dancer, understand that your dancing can bring the kingdom of God and can shake something on earth. Mm. And if you're an artist and you do that, then then do that in a way that engages faith in that practice. Mm. But if you're a, a mathematician and you love kind of <laughs> engaging in a really structured way, know that your structured prayers and this kind of engagement is is engaging in the spirit and, and do so with faith, knowing that, mm. that God is is moved yeah. by your prayers in, in that point. Yeah, so good. Great to chat, Andy. Likewise. We could do this for a long time. We are in an exciting season of prayer at HTB. Luke 11 begins with the disciples asking Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus responds in Luke 11 verse two saying, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. 
Jesus says, Father. Let us pause and approach God in prayer as our Father. He is our perfect Father, welcoming, loving, embracing, kind and generous, seeing you as righteous through the sacrifice of his Son. See the love in his eyes, the expectation that you will come to speak with him, to speak to him through prayer. See him as a father who is not far off, but bends his ear to hear the whisper of your prayer. Our Father. It is in this place of intimacy that we, out of love, move to a place of intercession for the cities that God loves and the people he created. Hebrews 7 verse 25 says, But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Take a moment to reflect on Jesus as our great intercessor. What prayer is Jesus praying for you? What prayer is he praying for the church and the city of London? Can you see the passion in his eyes? Can you see him standing in the gap, standing on behalf of us and with us always? Let us draw near to God in intercession. Let us pray for our city, family, friends and colleagues. What would it look like if the city of London was transformed by the love of Jesus? How different would it be if millions of lives were changed? Take a moment to reflect on the changes we would all experience. Decisions made in Parliament that would bless the city. A decline in gang culture and knife crime. The restoration of marriages, families and relationships. The homeless finding homes and community. What areas of society are you praying into? What areas of London do you long to see transformed? The street you live on? Your workplace? The school your children attend? What would it look like if your family, friends, colleagues encountered the love of Jesus? They would feel known and loved. They would experience true forgiveness and freedom. They would respond to follow Jesus. Who are you praying for at 11.02? What lives do you long to see encounter the love of Jesus? Let us end by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the HTB Discipleship Podcast. For more information about prayer, visit htb.org forward slash prayer. See you next time.